Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my 11th show, Signs from Our Loved Ones, and tonight we're going to be discussing <clears throat> something a little different than my normal show, um, about illnesses, um, uh, some that most don't know about, even some doctors, and I'll be speaking with my special guest tonight, Kathy Silva, better known on Facebook to us grieving mother groups as Ann Kitty and talking about her daughter Autumn's illness uh, that took her life at 14 years old. And we'll also be discussing cystic fibrosis, which took two of my children, Megan Mark's lives, at 22 and 28, and my own illness, multiple sclerosis, where I wasn't diagnosed until age 50, but I've had since I was nine years old. So I'm going to start by bringing Kathy in the line, on the line and talk about the name of the disease um, Autumn had, and then uh, following her story, and um, a little later in the show, I mean, you can call in now to listen to the show, hit the number one button if at some point you'd like to talk to us, and please hold, and we'll try to get to as many calls as possible. <clears throat> and also, um, hosting my show, my co-host is Melissa M., my niece, my editor of my book, and also my, um, 
I guess we call it a business partner for our, our nonprofit foundation, CF, uh, which has come true in memory of my my son and daughter Megan Marcus Anisi, uh, affiliated with the Willie's Wish Foundation with Denise uh, Perinsky in Florida to make wishes come true for children with cystic fibrosis. Okay, if you hold one second, I'm going to bring my co-host on the line, and then I will bring my special guest. Hold on, please. Good evening, Melissa. Hi, Peg. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. How was your week? It was good. Very eventful. How about you? Oh, the same old, same old, you know, just keeping busy, <laughs> busy, busy. Well, hon, you That's know what good. the show is about tonight. I've got Kathy on hold, and we're going to let her do, you know, a lot of the speaking and, and bring some other people in um, if they'd like to talk about what their children passed to or ask for advice or what have you. And at one point, we'll be discussing an illness you and I both share. Besides me having MS, you don't have that, but we're both asthmatics, and so is your dad. So at some point, we'll be discussing our, our asthma. So if that's okay with you. Of course. And... Um, so we're going to bring Kathy on the line now, uh, known to our parent grieving groups um, as Aunt Kitty. So hold one second. I'm going to bring her on. That sounds great. Okay. Good evening, Kathy. How are you? Hi, Peggy. Hi, Melissa. I'm Hi. Good. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Kathy. Doing great. Kathy, I, I would. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Go oh. ahead. It's so hard for me. Um, anyhow, guys, um, Kathy, um, uh, tell people a little bit, well, where you're from, uh, what part of the country you're from. Okay, I'm from Linden, Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's, and your um, daughter's name? Autumn Ilona Sova. Ilona is Hungarian. Oh. She was named after my mother. Okay. And Kathy and I have become friends through our parents group. Of course, we have our – I'd like to get a plug-in for Renee Blythe and, and uh, Shirley uh, Johnson uh, for some of our – we'll talk about that. Hopefully, we'll get some in at the end of our, of our uh, trips coming up for grieving parent groups where we'll be doing some motivational speaking and just bonding together as parents in grief and uh, – you know, going on with life and helping others through what our, you know, our life has shown us and our loss of our children and helping others through loss of our children through different stages of grief. But, Kathy, I'd like to start the show with um, the name of Autumn's illness. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, her disease and, and fill us in about that, please? Yes, it's called Takiatsu Arteritis. It was named you spell after that, P-A-K... I-Y-A-T-S-U-A-R-T-E-R-I-T-I-S. Okay. Continue. Let, you know, let's hear about the okay. illness. It was named after a Japanese doctor, uh, ophthalmologist, because he was the first one that noticed in patients a reef-like um, spotting in their, the back of their eye and their corneas. Um, it's also known as aortic arch syndrome. It's a form of large vessel and, vascu- and um, vasculitis. Um, it causes na- vascular narrowing, affecting often young or middle-aged women of Asian descent. It's mm-hmm. very rare in the United States. It affects mainly the aorta, the main blood vessel leaving the heart, and it, its branches as well as the pulmonary arteries. 
females are about eight to nine times more likely to be affected than males, and patients often notice the disease symptoms between 15 and 30 years of age. It's similar to other forms of vasculitis, including giant cell arteritis. Um, it can present a pulseless upper extremities like your arms or your hands and wrists with weak or absent pulse on physical examination, which is why it's also commonly referred to as the pulseless disease. It can cause okay. aneurysms also. Um, there's, it's common in the, or uncommon in the Western world. There's a 5% chance of survival. I had to educate myself on this. Okay. Kathy, uh, let me just stop you a minute. I just want to, like, um, make a note to our, our, our listeners and what have you that we're not doctors. Um, I do have a nursing background. I had my own home care business specializing in Alzheimer's and dementia for years, work with the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, you know, for my children, the spokesperson. But, uh, you know, we'll give advice, but remember, we're not doctors, and we, we recommend you if you see any of the symptoms, and this is kind of our waiver to protect us, you know, from lawsuits and what have you. We can only tell you what we've seen, what we've gone through, and uh, if you feel that your child or any family member or friend's child may have any of these symptoms, please see your doctor. We're always here to um, – on our. We I'll give our sites at the end if you need to talk to us because, you know, doctors we often looked at the, our, my whole life, I know, and I'm sure many, as they were gods. And they're human beings like us, and they studied books, and we can study those books too. But sometimes when you live these illnesses, you see a lot more than doctors do. And um, so I'm going to let Kathy continue with her story about Autumn and tell us about your daughter and about your life and how everything came about. So if you want to tell us a little more, Kathy, I'd appreciate that. Okay. Autumn was a sweet, beautiful, compassionate young lady. She loved God. She loved animals and all cats. She loved her friends and family. She was very talented. She was multi-talented, drawing her favorite Pokemon, cats, and, and anime. She drew a lot of angel cats, a lot of angel cats. I actually have a tattoo, but I have her signature, her actual signature that I have the favorite, um, my favorite angel kitty that she drew with wings. She played drums and percussion in school. Her motto to all of her friends was, you're never too old to be a kid. Don't be ashamed. She was like an old soul. She was just, she was wonderful. She wanted to work with wild cats or young children with the systemic rheumatoid arthritis like she had. And her mm-hmm. life was just cut short. It was just, you know, she never got well, to live the dream. How old was she when Let's, she passed? She was 14 years, 8 months. Aww. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, can you tell us? Last month. Oh, can you tell us a little about your life when you met your, you know, your husband Dave, and yeah, and just give us a, you know, a summary of your own life and how it began, and you know, like all us moms, we all, you know, women in general, we have that fairy tale life where the white, you know, the white knight and the knight in shining armor, and 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 we're all gonna live happily ever after, and unfortunately, us us, us grieving moms. Um, it doesn't turn out that way. So if you can tell us about how you met Dave and how old you were, and if you continue about that, we'd like to hear your story. Okay, I didn't meet my husband Dave until I was 22. He was 27. Um, We got married when I was 28. We dated for for six years. We had Autumn when I was 33. Um, We met at a grocery store in Detroit. We, We both worked at Farmer Jack. He worked nights. I worked days as a cashier. Um... 
everything was fine until uh, probably up until about eight months when I was pregnant and I was getting pains and the creases on my upper thighs. I had developed a 10-centimeter fibroid tumor, which um, we didn't know if it was caused by the pregnancy or birth control pills or whatever, and um, it brought me to my knees. It took I, We took myself to the emergency room. But, of course, it was a learning physician who did, you know, the exam, and he missed it. I went to my doctor's the next day, and he found it. It was as big as a softball, and I just had to take it easy for the rest of the pregnancy. Um, It was my first pregnancy, so I didn't know any better. People told me, you know, pain is normal. It wasn't. Right, and can we all have a... Go ahead, Ty. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Autumn was your only child, so you you actually Autumn was have my only um, child. your only child, your only daughter, but only child. And us parents that go through grief, I mean, uh, Kath, Kath and I talk on occasion. Um, we become friends. We we kind of console each other, which is good. She actually, I have to give you some props. Yesterday was St. Patty's Day. My husband's mother was Irish, and it was almost like a Christmas day for my husband's side of the family. And I, you know, I have my son Dan at home, I made the corned beef and cabbage, and all of a sudden I just broke. You know, even though I do all this, I'm still human, and I grieve every day. But some days are harder than others, and I broke down, and I spent hours on the phone with Kathy last night. She was my psychiatrist, <laughs> and because uh, she understood me. You know, even though I love my friends, but and they try their best, that us grieving mother and these these groups and these retreats, are so helpful for us to continue on in life and to help others. And I just wanted to give you a little prop with that, Kathy. Thank you so much for helping me last night. Oh, you're welcome. You you're made, welcome. made that holiday a little easier for me, and God bless you for that. But I'd, oh, I'd like you to continue you. your story about when, how, what happened exactly after you went into uh, labor, and she was, what, 9 pounds, 13 ounces, I believe? 13 ounces, yeah. I never actually went into labor. I went to go to the doctor's. My father took me for an appointment, and he asked me if I would like to have the baby, and I said, when? And he said, today, and my father was kind of nervous. He had to go home and grab my mom. We called my husband to come from work, and uh, Autumn was born. She was delivered at 1.45 p.m. on Wednesday, February 27, 1995, by C-section. Three weeks early, she was 9 pounds, 13 ounces, and she was a beautiful, oh. healthy little baby girl. She was just big and beautiful. Okay, and what happened immediately uh, following uh, delivery? Was she show signs of any symptoms at that point, or you you were not doing Nothing. well, right? From what I- she was a healthy baby, but I was not. The next morning, they got me up to walk the nurses, and my left leg was purple, huge, and swollen. They took me down for a venogram and found out I had blood clots in my left leg, my groin, and my right thigh. So they oh inserted a a bird's nest filter. There's two kinds of filters. Vena, um, that they put in your vena cava, and I had really large. Um, my veins were, or my um, uh, vena cava was stretched. So they put a bird's nest filter in, so that um, they couldn't do surgery for the blood clots because I just had the baby. I had to wait a couple months. So they put the bird's nest filter in my vena cava, and after a few days, sent me home with her. And I was to come back when I was healed from the C-section to have the clots removed. Well, I was in the hospital right. total of 11 days. You know, they let her stay with me. They brought her into ICU. I was finally released. I went home on a walker, and I had to have physical therapy because I couldn't even walk, and I was taking uh-huh. blood thinners. 
I went back in May to have the clots. Yeah, I went back in May to have the clots removed, but they could not because they were calcified. So that's the reason I had a bypass. They put a synthetic graft in my groin area, and to this day, my body relies on it. It has not made a feeder vein. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Nineteen years since I've had that. I've got nineteen years since I've had the filter, and nineteen years since I've had the the bypass um, synthetic graft. You were only thirty-three. I was only 33, yes. Mm. And I was, oh my I was home, my baby was home, and she, I was just glad that, you know, everything was good. But And she started walking at 12 months, but by 15 months she stopped walking. She was on her knees dragging herself and crying, trying to crawl. Aww. And I knew, she mm-hmm. was, I knew she was in great pain. So we took her to the doctor's. They ended up putting her in Children's Hospital in Detroit, Michigan. After three weeks of tests and poking and prodding, uh, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. So we took her out and put her in U of M hospital, <laughs> and within three hours they diagnosed her with systemic juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Systemic meaning it can affect your your um, innards, your um, your uh, endocrine system, your or organs, your organs. Oh, right. Endocrine, endocrine, the liver, the the lungs, kind of like cystic fibrosis, the endocrine system, the organs, you know. Wow. So we took her home on medication. mm -hmm. They gave her um, um, naproxen prescription and methotrexate. Now, methotrexate Mm -hmm. was a... um, uh, a drug for chemo, and it wasn't approved for children. It was approved for adults. For uh, um, They were just trying it for, um, you know, arthritis um, through the FD- FDA, didn't approve it for children, but they we signed a waiver, anything was worth a try, and I was to give her one cc by mouth once a week, and it caused mouth sores, so we had to give her folic acid as well to help with the mouth sores. So she was on the prescription naproxen and the methotrexate and within a month she was up and walking again and not in so much pain she was considered mm-hmm. in remission just before she went to kindergarten after many many weekly monthly visits to her pediatric rheumatologist and everybody right. thought she was okay up until eighth grade okay now when the um the japanese disease i i told you before melissa is also my editor because of my ms my words do not connect properly it's not that i'm stupid it's just the way my brain connects the words um the name of the disease again it's japanese and it affected asian women but now like cystic fibrosis was um primarily a german italian descent uh genetic illness um and then people marry and there's you know marrying different you know, um, you know, different nationalities and what have you, it branches out. So did they consider this a genetic disease, or, or they really don't know about that at this point? They, they didn't know. They wouldn't say they didn't know. Actually, they still don't, four right? And a half years. No, it's been four and a half years since autumn passed, and I have yet, I don't want to, but just in case there's anyone out there, I have yet to meet anyone else whose child has had Takiyatsu arthritis. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anyone, I'm just, I want to get the word out that anyone who has a child with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis to please, please look out for the symptoms because it could happen and I do not want it to happen to anyone else. I don't want a ch- any child to die from this. I do not want any parents to have to go through what, what me and my husband went through, ever. Exactly. You know? Yep, yep. So um, how many, um, okay, from the the arthritis, juvenile arthritis, till she was 
diagnosed with the other? How many years went by before she was diagnosed? Or um, tell us a little bit of probably about six years when she was in kindergarten. So then, okay, maybe eight years because in eighth grade she began to swell, maybe an elbow, a knee. Her voice was hoarse. She had a funky cough, but the the weather was um, rainy, rainy, rainy. You know. So I took her to the doctor, right. and her pediatrician was affiliated with the hospital and her rheumatologist, you know, all through mm-hmm. the of Michigan. I did that for a reason, which I'm sorry I did because there was no communication whatsoever. Um, you know, she trusted me. I trusted the doctors. And uh, there was little did I know <laughs> that there was no communication. There was just no communication. They just diagnosed her as having allergies and sent her home with meds. I went, um, you know, Kathy... We discussed that because my daughter, yeah. for the three years of her life, I was told it was the same thing, allergies. They, they, they passed the buck to doctors. And I, I'm not downgrading doctors. We need them. But you know what, moms? I just want to tell you from um, many mothers, and right now from the horse's mouth, Kathy and mine, um, if you get a gut feeling there's something wrong with your kids, there's something wrong with your kid. I don't give a damn what the doctors say. And, you know, like I told you before, this, this show is uncensored. I don't care. You know, we say what we feel. We're trying to save lives and our children's memories so that their lives were not in vain. And um, that's one of the things. I mean, my show's about many things, not just about the signs and us, you know, being intuitives and what have you. But, you know, even more serious is getting your children diagnosed that our children lived for whatever years they lived to help others to to, – represent them. We discussed this last night, Kath, right, about, you know, mm-hmm. people go to war and they die and they're heroes and, and, and they're, they get buried in Arlington and with, with the 21-gun salute and the flags and our children, you know, Autumn and my Megan Mark and many of the others are heroes also. They suffered these things uh, almost, they were almost used as the experiments for saving other lives. So this is why just not, you know, having lost children that the memory continues on because we needed to. They represented something, and, and I think that's what life's about. Uh, do you agree, Kath? Yes, I do. Everything yep. is different. So we are fighting oh. for the cause. So I, I want you to continue more about Autumn. So she was, first of all, it was juvenile uh, arthritis, and then she went into yeah. this uh, act whatever i'm sorry i cannot pronounce it and uh, i'm not going to be sorry because i can't pronounce it but uh, that's why you're here and then she went into this and then what proceeded from eighth grade she was what probably 12 at that point and lived two more years after that diagnosis yeah. or yeah. continue about what yeah. happened to that okay i had to take her back to her rheumatologist she was on crutches you know they thought that her arthritis came back they thought she maybe she hurt herself in, in gym and sports or something but she wasn't really sporty um, there's only seven pediatric rheumatologists in the whole state of Michigan. I, and the one that I took her to ended up being, she was a normal rheumatologist when she was a baby, but this lady was the head of rheumatology at U of M by the time Autumn was 12. So I trusted her and Autumn trusted me. Um, um, you know how the learning techs, they take your, um, they call you back and then they have, these are learning hospitals, Okay. So they take you back and they take your vitals and everything. All these hospitals, the children's, um, U of M, they're learning hospitals where people do their, um, you know, they kind of like graduate. The understudy, yes. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, they do their clinical studies. They're clinicians, you know. So when the tech, you know, they, so when, yeah, so, 
So when the tech took her blood pressure in her left arm, it was sky high. And so mm-hmm. she was just like thinking that there's something wrong with the machine. I didn't know any better. I'm not a medical person. So she took it in her right arm and it was normal. So I didn't think nothing of it because they didn't act mm-hmm. like anything was wrong. Being a parent, not a medical professional, I didn't think anything of it. So neither did the doctor, right. but it wasn't mentioned or written down. So no one really said anything. So she right. uh, concluded after examining Autumn that it was probably wasn't her systemic arthritis back, but she treated it so. So right. we went on our eighth grade field trip to Philadelphia, via Washington, D.C., New York. We had a good time, but she was very tired and still ill. Um, mm-hmm. I actually got a phone call from the school that she had lost her vision and was really scared. And I went and picked her up, and I called my sister in a panic because she worked for an ophthalmologist. And drove her to Livonia, an hour away to the ophthalmologist, and it slowly came back before we got to the ophthalmologist. Well, he diagnosed it as an ophthalmic migraine. Right. Um, And that was that. So we took her to a follow-up to a pediatric ophthalmologist at the Kellogg Center at U of M of Flint for a follow-up, and they too said all was fine. And I don't understand why didn't they see anything. This is only like a month or two months before she passed. With Takiyatsu arteritis, there's a wreath-like appearance in the back of the retina, and it's usually a telltale sign. Nobody Mm -hmm. saw it. Everybody missed it. Because by the time she passed, and they asked for um, to donate her organs, and I was going to, I talked to my husband, and I was going to donate her retinas, her corneas, and that. She Hmm. couldn't donate her eyes because of the damage. Why? Why, when she died, was it there when they couldn't harvest her organs, but it wasn't there when they looked at her eyes? Well, what was what was their excuse? What was their you? I, I would assume because I know how I was. I was. Uh, I, I can remember going to the hospital. I just recently talked to a social worker because I'm bringing a friend of mine into Presbyterian with her son with a possible um, brain cancer, and I spoke to our uh, pediatric. Uh, when Mark was 21, the last year of his life, he had to go to the adult side. But I still am very close contact with a pediatric social worker because, you know, with my work and what have you. And, um, you know, she had said to me, you know, when she first met me, she said I was a psycho, which maybe I, I was. But, you know, when you're fighting for your kids, Child, you do what you yeah. got to do. And she told yeah. me, she gives me a lot of credit, and she wished more mothers were like I was. Because like you, when Autumn had gone blind, my son maybe – I can't remember exactly. Maybe about a year before he had died, he went blind, and we didn't understand. And they started the, you know, even though they knew we had all these problems, he was on the transplant list for both lungs and liver and what have you. Um, they kept treating him for allergies again on top of it, and and this that. And I took him to the ophthalmologist, and she, uh, the ophthalmologist was local, and she looked. She goes, "I've never seen the cases. I learned about this in school. I've never seen nothing like this in my life, except in a textbook." I forgot to tell you about that, Kathy. Well, I came home, and the mother that I am, and even though I had a medical background, I researched, and I thought, you know what? Check his vitamin A, and they poo-pooed for weeks. It was something as simple as a vitamin A deficiency. Finally, when I called the doctor up, and I was, I was the mother from hell, I said, just test this friggin' vitamin A, will you please? And they did, and it was almost non-existent. Within a couple of days of giving him the boost of the vitamin A, his eyesight came back. So like I said, mom, a gut and of something, I, I sometimes think that God or, or, or our angels give us that little extra boost. If you go, you know, feel something's wrong, you go with that. You, right. you know what? Let them think 
psycho. You're fighting for your kid's life here. Yeah. You know, and oh, yeah. now that they're gone, we're fighting for their honor. And like I said, like they, they've been to war. Autumn's been to war. Megan and Mark were in war. Okay. And now they're going to graduate with full honors after death and, and represent other children that hopefully will save even the stupidest things like going blind for no reason. I mean, for the right. simplest things, for God's sakes, you know, come on. You know, I don't. I know doctors are not gods, but listen to the parents once in a while. You know, we live with them twenty four seven. So, yeah. okay, sweetie, you know, tell us uh, more okay. about what happened from that okay, point so during, to yeah. During the summer, she wasn't one hundred percent. She was tired all the time. She had no energy. Her voice was still hoarse, and she hadn't had a period in months. All the while, right. doctors had been told, told us it was normal to start and stop a period when you first start. Her horse was voice from, or her voice was hoarse from allergies, and her cough was from allergies. She also mm-hmm. had periods Alle- of dizziness, which I called the doctor. And being a 14-year-old female, they always blame it on not eating right. But since she was a baby, well, you know, she she ate. But I had her on so many medications that she was very picky about food to begin with, and she wouldn't try something if she didn't like the way it looked. But she still had certain foods that she always would eat, and I wouldn't have to worry. Plus, she was on vitamins. Uh, they said to call back if it happened again and didn't seem too concerned. Uh, we did make the appointment to see the, why her periods had stopped. Um, about a month into ninth grade, she was laying on the floor in the living room here and had me feel her ribs, and they were protruding out of her left side. So I called the My doctor. God. We took her in where they x-rayed her, and they thought she had a mass. You can't see an Mm -hmm. aneurysm with an x-ray. You can only see it with a CT scan. So we went to an oncologist where they canceled her appointment about the periods. They were more worried about cancer. And Mm -hmm. um, eventually he did a CT scan and found out after, you know, sitting us us down in a tiny room, you know, they take you in the room, close the door. Oh, I know that one. You know, what she has and tells you, you know, 5% chance of survival. There's the phone. Make your phone calls. You know, yeah, they, yeah. Wouldn't let her, they didn't let her go home. They admitted her, and I was at her side 24-7, only going home once when her father spent the night. Or, yeah, her father spent the night one, you know, one mm-hmm. time because he was working. Anyways, right. needless to say, the plan was they were going to um, either they put her on steroids and because of her high blood pressure, she was on high blood pressure meds. And that worried me because she was only 14. What did they have her on, like alcohol or, 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 or um, Lasix and all that stuff? Or what yeah, exactly did they remember. put her on? Yeah, I don't remember exactly what med they put her on, but they had her on. And, they, you know, the nurses and everyone were wonderful. But yep. the surgeon, what they were going to do is they were supposed to, we were supposed to have a meeting, and two meetings got fluffed off by the surgeon. Because probably mm-hmm. because they knew she was going to die. He wasn't yep. familiar with it. And he told one of the yep. nurses, and she was not supposed to tell me, but she told me, you know, on the side, he said she wasn't a high priority. Oh, she sad. was in there going to school. She but was in there going to they school. They knew she was going to die. What if she would have dropped dead in front of one of them kids in school there? Right. You know? And traumatized one of these other children. Yes. Yes. She was Yeah, my niece, Melissa, ward. that's my a teacher, yeah. and she works with children. So she knows that. Totally know where you're coming from. I have have absolutely lost my faith in doctors. They just totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we're not putting doctors away. Right. No, just so I feel like the role of a doctor is. Yeah. I feel like one of the most important roles of a doctor is to give a child a fighting chance no matter what the odds. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yes, and her rheumatologist, she went up to the UP to take care of her, her um, patients, you know, because there's only seven in Michigan. And uh, uh, what when you, she came back... What's UP stand for? Oh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan. You got the mitten and then you got the, the little upper part okay. that's towards Canada. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh-huh. No, it's okay. I just want everybody yeah. to be aware of what the meanings are. We may know it. Yeah. I mean, even me at, with a nursing background and doing what I did and having two right. children with CF, I don't know what UP means. So okay. New York, Michigan says one thing. We call, you know, ICU, CU, whatever, you know. Uh, you know, we all have different meanings. So I just I want to make okay. everybody aware of everything. So we, like I said, tonight our program is we're, we're trying to save other children's lives and spare other people and parents to go the hell that we go through for the rest of our lives yeah. till the end. Okay, so that's, that's our we're, – we're on a mission now. We're on a mission. And um, – you know, like Kath and I had talked, and you know, we've talked, we've become friends, and um, thank God for that because you saved my butt last night because I was, like I said, at a bad time. And, um, you know, we, we've, I, as a child growing up in a small town, Croton on Hudson, we had like two physicians, and we thought of them as gods. And we had great Dr. Samis and Dr. Vogel. Dr. Samis had delivered me, and he saw me through, and through, even through a second pregnancy, uh, my second pregnancy. And he was great. You know what I'm saying? And But we, I looked at him as like God. He was my God. But then you realize as years go along, these people are human beings that go to school and learn. And, you know, they pick up a textbook, they study, and they study hard. I'm, I give them a lot of credit. But yet, you know what, most parents like Kathy and myself and many others that have lost children – we're a little bit beyond the medical knowledge. We're hands-on, day and night. We see things the doctors don't. And, and Kat, this is another discussion you and I had last night. I want your feedback on that. And, Melissa, you can talk about it, too, because you've been through your own health issues. Um, you know, um, uh, you know, they go by the textbook so much sometimes, and they, don't, they overlook the little things, like, you know, like, like autumn being diagnosed is one thing and then going into this, and there's not, a lot, there's not many people. I mean, what are the statistics besides back in the day, quote-unquote, or whatever year they, they found out this illness? I mean, she went from juvenile arthritis to this, this other disease. Uh, what is the connection with the two? Um, have they found a connection with the two diseases, or is there a connection to them? Or yes, there is you- a connection, but and there is documentation, but there is not enough documentation according to the encyclopedia or wherever you Google, and that's why right. they don't they don't connect them still. And the word mm-hmm, needs to mm-hmm. get out to anyone who has a child who is diagnosed with any kind, especially systemic arthritis. Watch out because systemic means your organs and may be affected. No, they will be affected. And you need to watch mm-hmm. your child and make sure because you are your you and you alone are your child's advocate. Alive or dead. Exactly. You're their Gosh. voice. Yes. Yes. And yes, everybody yes, needs we are. to know. Yes. The other thing is, you know, um, like we talked about autumn illness primarily affecting eight out of nine girl, girls, right, compared to yeah. men or, or boys, what have you. Yeah. You don't always fall into the norm with the age groups. Like myself, I was oh. misdiagnosed with my multiple sclerosis. I was very sick, seven months in the hospital, mumps went into chicken pox, encephalitis, a coma, and at nine years old diagnosed as a rare form of encephalitis which is a, uh, you know, uh, inflammation of the brain and what have you, yeah. and it wasn't 
sex to live. So I had my own trauma as a child and came out different out of the coma. But we'll talk about that on other shows. We kind of talked about that. But I was in a ward at that time and around kids back then, and this was 1962, there was a, I remember a 16-year-old boy, I can't remember his name, in an iron lung for polio. And there was this little girl, I, I became a nurturer, <laughs> I write about it in my book, to the other kids in the ward when I came out of the coma, I took care of... They had I, wards I, I, and they had huge cribs. I, yeah, they had wards everybody. back then, there was like 16 yep, kids in a ward. Cribs. No matter how old yep. you were, you were in a big, big crib. Yep, exactly. And and I experienced at nine years old, even though I was so sick myself, you know, watching all these other kids. And I, 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 I remember. I don't even think I told Melissa this, and I, I haven't written about it. Maybe I should put it in when I finish this next book. But this little girl, Carol, was two years old, and I kind of took care of her. She was my everybody was my little doll baby because I, I just was always a nurturer. I was always a little nurse, you know. And I can remember one day. Um, the doctors coming in and rushing Carol out. Years later, when my daughter was first diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, and this was 1962, so we're talking, uh, my daughter was born in 73. Uh, so what, uh, 35 or, or, or 25 years later, when my daughter got diagnosed, my mother says, remember that little girl, Carol, they rushed out and she passed away? She had cystic fibrosis. I was taking care of little girl in the hospital in the ward with me that had the same thing that I lost my son and daughter to and not knowing it back back then they did like a trachea because of the excess mucus um uh we'll get into that a little later into the show um we'll take some callers shortly uh for a little bit and then we're going to talk about multiple sclerosis and cystic fibrosis because we want to make people aware of the signs I don't want another person like myself misdiagnosed for 41 years, thinking I'm crazy, or, you know, my mother, when I got older, and I had all the symptoms, and, and my mother calling me a hypochondriac, and, because she didn't know, she says, well, you should be over this, you should be, and so tired to get out of bed, and I was almost relieved at 50 when I got my true diagnosis after 41 years of suffering, MS, yeah. that, oh my God, you know, I'm not a hypochondriac, this is real. You know, it's only now that people see me struggle to walk. Uh, I walk, but I walk, and Melissa will tell you how, you know, Melissa and I go out on occasion, and and I can't do the things other people do. You know, we want to go to the city, but I said, who wants people to go to the city when I'm walking with a walker? And some days I can hardly walk, you know. I want to do these things, but my body's not letting me do it now, you know. Back then I was still walking, but I had the pains, and the I would have these uh, shooting pains. I, 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 call, I told my neurologist I called them shooters. It was like being stabbed. Uh, all of a sudden, I would like grab my head or grab my side, and and these are the um, with multiple sclerosis. These are what they call the um, the myelin sheathing. Uh, your nerves go crazy, uh, almost like uh, a light bulb. Before it blows out, it brightens and then it diminishes, and that's kind of what MS does to the body. It'll come in like a flash of light or like a stab, and then in different areas of my body, I get them in my sides, I get them in my chest. Sometimes I think I'm having a heart attack. Sometimes I'm holding my head, thinking I have an aneurysm. You know, it it, it affects so many different parts of my body, and then I sit there and I try to act like it's cool, because my kids used to do with, with things that they went through, like, because it's almost embarrassing. I also 
to have seizures. I don't have grand mal. I have petite. And I, I never like my kids. Usually, I have a warning before I have one of my seizures. I usually go to my room and deal with it because my I'll, I'll lay down and then I fling up in the bed like The Exorcist without the green pea soup, and my <laughs> arms like go into boxing motion. Like I, I look like Cassius Clay, you know. And it's embarrassing. And I didn't know for the longest time why the hell am I doing this. You know, and for a long time, I didn't want to, um, after my husband and I split date, he was used to it, you know, because I didn't want somebody being with me and see this because it embarrassed me because I didn't know what the hell it was, you know. So and I, I think this is kind, primarily the show tonight, like I said, it's, it's to save lives, to get diagnosed earlier to maybe save, hopefully to save lives. And to also make other people understand these illnesses and to make them aware that, you know, this could be in your own family. It may not be your child. It may not be your niece or nephew. It may be your friend's child. And they're like, oh, you know, my kid's doing this. And, and the doctor, like you and I, Kathy, it's allergies. That's what yep. I was told with Meg. It's allergies. Yep. And then when I insisted about the test for cystic, the doctor takes me in. It went from allergies to the, finally when I pushed, the, I want this test done because I read up on it because I put all the symptoms together, and she's, like, consoling me that she, usually they only live to five years. My daughter made almost 29, thank God, and had two children, but you know what? We've been through hell, and there's there's a, there's no reason that we should have to go through because of, of, of physicians' ignorance to it. You know, there there is no um, true statistic with, like, uh, Autumn's case, it was a Japanese illness. With Meghan Mark, it was primarily, they did fall into the category of the German Italian descent because it's on both sides between my husband and myself, both carriers. Okay, but now because people are marrying into other, you know, uh, uh, nationalities, so expanding now cystic fibrosis, you see it in a lot of, of, of um, uh, Hispanic people, you see it, and, and, and there are two other main um, uh, genetic illnesses, Tay-Sachs, which is in the Jewish population, and sickle cell, which is in, in the, the black population, Afro-American, but because there's our interracial marriages and what have you, you're seeing cystic fibrosis now in black children. You're seeing it in Spanish children. So you can't, and in your case, you had no Japanese, and you were Hungarian and whatever else, whatever your combination is. And mm-hmm. you, your daughter, whether they consider it, because they really don't know it's genetic, like we've talked about, um, you know, it's, it's in a different population, and I'm only making a hype, my own hypothesis after you and I have talked about Autumn's disease that it is a, a genetic illness because doctors to this day, it's, it's you know 2014, they still don't know whether it's genetic or not, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So tell us at the end, you know, and I and I know it's a sensitive subject because you know you and I went there last night with each other and. Um, at the end of Autumn's life, that last week or few days, if you want to talk about it, you know, feel free to do it. If not, we'll go on to something else. Well, she was in the hospital for 10 days. She never got to go back outside or ever see her kitties or any, you know, anything again. Everybody had to come and see her. Um, I was with okay. her when she died. She was laying in her hospital bed. We were cuddling and watching TV. All of a sudden, she held her head and she said, oh, I'm so dizzy. And I knew right away something was wrong. I jumped up. I went for the nurse's button. But when I looked up, I looked at her. It looked like she was having seizures. I found out right. later on it was actually exsanguinating, bleeding out, where the blood was rushing to her lungs. 
Um, right. I ran and I whipped the door open and I screamed for help. Within minutes, there was at least a dozen people working on her. I called my husband. It was an hour drive. I called my oldest sister. She got there quick because she lived close to the hospital. They worked on her right. for about 40 minutes in her room. They took her to pediatric ICU. Because of the traffic, mm-hmm. my husband didn't get there until 10 minutes after she was pronounced dead. It was just like on TV, 11.59 time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, and anybody Mark, I talk to, nobody wants no, to touch no, a 10-foot pole. I need to get the yeah. word out, and I need, you know, so that no one has to go through what we had to do. She was so sweet, yep. and we want to keep her memory alive. She touched so many lives in her short 14 mm-hmm. years, and we have a page exactly. for her to keep her memory alive with all of her pictures Tell the name and her drawings. Um, it's um, in memory of Autumn. Ilona, I-L-O-N-A, Sova, S-O-V-A. It's www.facebook.com slash Autumn Ilona. Right. And, uh, and we should also tell Kathy, sites are also, we are also, we're not professional counselors, but we are there to help people through any type of childhood death uh, going through that we've gone through the grieving process of many stages of it. You're, you're what, four and a half years into it. I am yeah. just three years mark, and it'll be, uh, my daughter died Mother's Day 2002, so almost 12 years with my daughter. And um, there's many stages of grief, and it's very important. Um, I just want to say this to the general population and to my audience and to my family, because I've been condemned by even them. You know, go on with your life and why, you know, just do what you got to. Well, I'm doing what I have to do in my children's memory. I'm not prolonging their lives. Or, what's the big deal? They were human. They bled. They, they were my children. They continue on. They are attached to us. I am not the only mother. I deal and Kathy both, along with Renee and Shirley and, and, and many of our others, Liz, in our groups, uh, talking to other parents, helping them through the stages. Um, grief takes a long time. You know, you, you, yeah. and, you know the, the other thing is the preparation. Yeah, Autumn was sick most of her life. My two kids were sick most of her life. You're never prepared for the death. You know, no. I, I've had other family members, uh, you know, that lost children to other things and what have you. And, um, the, the, and you and I have talked about it. The bottom line is the death. You know, whether yeah. how they got there, yes, some it's, it's harder for others. It's hard for all of us. You know, it's whether it was a sudden death, but it was an accident. Right. It doesn't it's matter. It was a bottom people. line. I'm sorry, hon? Oh, her death devastated so many people, family, friends. She made such a yep. difference, you know, not only in our lives, but others. And exactly. I just have to say, people that want you to stop talking about your dead child, the day you stop talking about your live children, I'll stop talking mm-hmm. about my dead child. That's a good and point. You know, Mike. <laughs> you know, Michael Shea. Michael Shea is the people that that offer advice, and we know, and we we don't condemn our friends or family with their their ongoing advice. Sometimes we wish you would just shut the hell up, because we have to deal with it. We all deal with it differently, though similar. Um, my my motto is. Um, you know, when they start telling me, well, you, you, now, now you, Kathy only had one child, so she's continuing her life and, and in her fifties now, there's not going to be any other children, not that one can replace the other. I have other boys that they have their own health issues at the moment, uh, not to the point they're going to die or, or hopefully, you know, I mean, they they be corrected. Um, you know, a soldier surgery, a bad soldier, soldier, a shoulder Shoulder. surgery and a, 
<laughs> exactly. Well, I'm having a little trouble tonight because of my okay. other issues here. Yeah, but okay. anyhow, um, the thing is, I say to parents when they say, well, you have two other children, you know, live for them. Yes, I do. But you know what? I say to them, well, which one of your children would you trade in? They were all my children. For God's sake, stop it. Don't say this to us anymore. They existed. They are part of us. They are part of our soul. And in Kathy's yep. case, she had one. What do you say to Kathy? Kathy and I were talking last night because you know, of the St. Patty's Day. And I'm telling you, and I don't usually reach out and ask for help. Last night when I started making corned beef and crying, I called Kathy. I said, Kathy, here I go, you know, and it was great to have someone to under, understand me, not that people don't try to, but if you haven't been there, you don't understand me, you know, but when, uh, uh, you know, just thinking about people saying that, and like I said, my own family, it's like, you know, thank God you have the other two, well, they're all different people. They were real. They lived and they suffered. And I watched them day and night. You know, you may, yeah. most of them didn't even come to visit them when they were in the hospital. I saw it 24-7. It wasn't just something out of a textbook and like whatever. It's said, well, call me when things are bad. You know, the hell with that. I watched this day and night. I was the caregiver. Yeah. Kathy was the caregiver to Autumn. We watched things that you would not. You At the end, and Kathy and I did discuss that late into the, actually early in the morning. We were on the phone. You know, Kathy, I think we were on the phone like five hours last night. I think. Yeah, yes, I, you were. I know. It. I almost fell asleep a couple times. She was. I have a way of putting people. <laughs> you know, you don't need a lullaby with the Peggy Sue over here. It's just here. your soothing voice, Pat. Uh, what can you do, you know? I do the most all the time. I'm like, she's. Morning. I'm like, Melissa, just tell me you're tired, please. You know, I understand. I go on I and I got diarrhea of the mouth. You're telling I'm, stories. I know, and it's like, you know, but then I, I've done that with people myself. I, you know what, Melissa? And I know your father, God rest, God rest him, he's alive. God bless him, my man. God bless him, my brother, the minister. God rest like, his soul. Watch out. He's alive. Live and kicking. You know what? My grandpa, or your great-grandfather, he used to go, go what's, there was a saying he used to say, he goes, God bless your little soul. Well, Lee, I didn't mean you were dead. I know you're not. But, no, uh, okay. Lee, your father used to have a way, because I would always call Lee. Lee. Lee is pretty cool, and it's a good thing he went to the ministry, because he had a way of consoling me during really rough times, you know? Other times, sometimes he was a pain in my buddy. He's my brother, my little brother, you know? But he used to put me to sleep at times, so I can relate, you know. I'd be sitting there snoring. He goes, are you there? I'm all, yeah, right. So, Kathy, I've been put to sleep, too, you know. <laughs> and it's like, but you know what? It's, it's cool that we, and the bottom line, we, we're trying to get the point across, and we're real, and no, we're not crazy. You know, being a uh, grieving parent, people think we're all of a sudden, oh, my God, they're nuts, or they're waiting for that bomb to hit. It's like, when are they okay. going to jump off a bridge? Well, or, but we are whatever. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, but for a good reason, not for mm-hmm. no reason. Exactly. I feel like, I feel like what you guys you are on around. Yeah, you know, that are nutsy cuckoo, but I'm I'm screwed up, and I admit it. I was with my child when she died, you know. Yeah, I have a reason. And we saw sure. things that you never want to see. We're not talking yeah. just watching. We 
Two of them take their first breath. We're talking, and and I'm going to get a little graphic, Kathy, and you know what? We talked about it last night. We saw things coming out on their death when they took it. Not just the last breath. uh, Coming out of orifices you'd never want to see out of your child. And, Melissa, I've never told you this. I mean, Mm -hmm. we are are traumatized. We have post-traumatic stress. I watched my son with blood coming out of, shooting out of his mouth and urine on the floor, and Kathy watched her, her daughter in the bed at the end and crap on themselves. And you know what? Yeah, I'm getting graphic. We watch things that nobody should watch anybody do, let alone our children. Right, Kath? Yeah, right. We spent two hours hours with her (laughs) after she passed. And finally, you know, after taking Kleenexes and wiping her, wiping everything coming out of her nose and everything, um, yep. We had to go. We said it wasn't her anymore. And the next day, we took showers, and for days, we couldn't get the smell of death off of us. It oh, was I know. I know. That's disgusting. But that's uh-huh. life. That's when you love your child and you're with them, you know, and and you spend, you know, the last couple hours that you can with them until they're finally, there's not, you know, you know it's not them. That's what yep. happens, yep. and that's something no, that you I, cannot get out of your head the rest of your life. No, and you never do, because we do. No. And I'm going to tell you something. After you and I got off the phone last night, I was having the worst night. Well, I'm sorry we talked about truth. You know, now we're going to go to funny part a little bit, Kathy, because we throw a little bit in the show. Kathy and I were talking about Patty Duke. Right? We went to other subjects, <laughs> right, Kath? Patty Duke, yeah. because when I was younger and fitter, everybody said, Patty Duke, and we were talking about, I don't know how the hell we got on this discussion of Karen Black and the Trilogy of Terror, and, and you know what, I'm going to, and my husband, I got to a point where I watched that movie back in the 70s, and there was a Trilogy of Terror, three different episodes, and my husband referred out, but the little bastard, this evil little thing that would go under the bed, I started sleeping with the lights on. <laughs> my husband said it was a psycho. He goes, turn the light off, and I'm like, No. I said, will you check under the bed first? I'm, I wasn't being a psycho. I was, the, the movie traumatized me. <laughs> so Kathy and I got on this discussion, what, about 2 o'clock this morning? I said, thanks, Kathy. The light's staying on tonight. I'm all alone here. You know, I got my friend in the other room. I might as well be alone. He's on the phone with a friend, you know. And, um, you know, we, we go through stupid stuff. Just like we're human. We, you know, we're not crazy. We go through stupid stuff, and we get traumatized by scary movies. But the bottom line, and I'm going to tell our audience tonight the trauma the post-traumatic stress of watching your child take that last breath and what you see that watching the last breath is hard enough but what you see uh, <laughs> we, we don't even want to talk about it because you know what most people can't take it i god must have given us some kind of a strength that that i don't know what it is but i still am traumatized by it you know when people yeah. say forget this you should have seen what i no you shouldn't have seen what i've yeah. Kathy, they shouldn't have seen what you saw with Autumn. They, no. You know, Meg died at home, and, and they tried to revive her and brought her to the hospital that day. I wasn't with my daughter when she took her last breath. I was with my son. And I can't get that image out of my head ever. I try to go on with my life, and I do. We, we both go with our daily functions. You bathe, you eat, you cook, you shop, you know. But that image is always freaking yeah. there. You know, and people just yeah, I got pictures of Autumn being silly with her eyes rolling back in her head and stuff. I had to get rid of those pictures. I cannot look at them 
because it reminds me of when she was having the seizure, you know, when I thought she was having seizures, when she was being deprived of her oxygen when the, she was bleeding out. Well, you know, people are going to think we're weird, and I'm going to no. t- tell something else. Actually, can I share say something the- about it that? It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, go ahead, Melissa, but, you know, what I, okay. I just want to state something. I, it's something I've never shared with you either. Go okay. ahead, Melissa. No, say I just what you have to say as an outsider, like, seeing you guys and what you've gone through, like, on the topic of strength, I was going to say, from my opinion, not you know, losing a child because I don't have children yet. I don't think you're crazy at all. Like, I know people say that and they judge and whatever, but I think, honestly, you're both passionate about keeping the spirit of your kids alive. Because mm-hmm. I, as a teacher, know if I had ever lost any of my kids, you know, teaching, if I had lost any of those children, there's not one that could be replaced. They're all different. Their personalities are different. Their spirit and jokes and the way that they relate to me are different. There's not one kid that's exactly like another. So how could you trade whether they've passed away or whether they're alive today? You can never, ever take away, you know, their spirit or who they were. There's no way. There are no words to describe a loss like that. I can't even imagine what you guys want to say. No, and that's one of the things I tell people. Melissa, too. You know, when you want to talk to us grieving parents, please don't offer us advice unless you've lost a child because you can right. relate to it. And like I said, whether it be long-term illness, I've watched from I was 19 years old, my daughter was you know, born, till my son died three years ago, till I was 57. This was my life, cystic fibrosis. I watched mm-hmm. illness. This is, this is, I didn't know how else to do it because I had to do it. But I'm, I'm going to own up to something, and this is going to sound sick, but I found that other parents have done it. When my son was struggling that last week in the coma and watching them suction blood out of his lungs and all these tubes hanging out of this kid, and you know what? A lot of listeners ain't going to want to hear it. Well, you know what? Too bad. We watched it, okay? We were traumatized, like I said. But when he took his last breath, I literally have a picture of him at when he, at, right after, within like five minutes, I took a picture of him where he wasn't struggling anymore. I have a last picture of my son. I have not shown it to family. I have not shown it to friends. But, and it's not a sick thing. I was almost, one part of me that he was so peaceful, finally he was no longer in pain. And that's where our spirituality comes in. I'm not going to get into our, you know, doing our readings or whatever. It happens, it happens. You know, that's not what the show's about tonight. It's usually not what the show's about. I mean, it's about signs from our loved ones to comfort people because they are around us. But it was the peace that he was finally in after struggling for 22 years of his life. I have a picture of him five minutes later. People may see his... Be it as sick, you know, it's like if I had told people before, they probably say, are you sicko? No, it's not being a sicko. It was just I had to remember him finally to kind of convince myself he's finally at peace. He's with the Lord, yeah. and we all are, are, whether you're spiritual or Catholic or Jewish or whatever, you know, I, I call the man God. Call him whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? I call him God. I have no problem with that. But knowing he was with God and no longer in pain, and it was kind of, and I don't look at the picture. I took it, and I don't look at it. But it was just he was not willing to breathe anymore. There was no more blood coming out of all the tubes. He he had tubes in his butt. He had tubes in his his private parts. You know, he catheterized for his urine and and, and out of his rectum and and, and down his nose and in his mouth. You know, and, and no one should see what we've had to say, especially with anyone, let alone your, your baby, with your baby. It's terrible. Yeah. But when he took that last breath of five minutes later, I just something made me, you know, I went over and I'm holding him. And even after he was gone and I, 
He loved his rosary beads. I don't know why he was Jewish. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, he's a kid about that. <laughs> My rosary beads. I'm like, why well, you're Jewish? What's the matter with you? You know, <laughs> kidding. You know, I'm, I'm only joking because I have to keep my sense of humor, all right? Or I'd go insane. But, um, you know, I, I made sure because his rosary beads were hanging over his, his uh, pole by him, and I put it around his neck when he died. And I held him and I kissed him. You know, he was still warm. Hold on a second. Yeah. Still get emotional. Sorry. It's okay. called being human. And... I just grabbed my camera phone and I took his picture because he wasn't struggling anymore. Aww. You know, my my friend was with me, Colleen, and she had whispered first. She goes, just go, go to God. Because what we said, he couldn't go on. He That was no kind of life. That was not a life. He wasn't living anymore. No. Yeah. He was in a coma. He was struggling to breathe. He needed new lungs. He need, And at the end, it wasn't just the lungs and liver. His intestines were shutting down. And the doctor turned to me. She goes, we can't replace everything. We just can't replace it all. He's dying. Yeah. She came around and said, dying. And I, I'm still like, don't you say that to me. She, meanwhile, the doctor was pregnant. I said, but don't you say that to me. Don't you? Who are you? You know? But then the reality set in. He is dying. And, and there was many times he had been critical the past two years. It was constant home for a few days and back in the hospital. It was, it was unbelievable. And, and along with his father dying, and I was taking care of him, unless of what you know. Uh, he was dying. It was, it was like nobody should have to go through any of this. And like I said, it's not just losing, you know, Don, my husband, and, and, and Mark, and had lost my daughter prior to that. It's... You know, loss is loss. Uh, we, I have a niece, Melissa's cousin, uh, would be her first cousin who lost her son last year to something else. It wasn't a sickness. But whether, like I said, let me stress again, whether it's suicide, whether it's a drug overdose, whether it's cystic fibrosis or, or, or your daughter's disease or cancer, the bottom line is these kids have passed. And that grief is the same for us all. We are missing our children, and that's that's the last I'm going to say on that. So, Liz, uh, um, Liz, oh my God, I'm going back two shows ago. Oh, Kathy, um, what else do you want to say uh, about uh, Autumn? And and um, yeah, I, I feel that these kids were Earth angels. They were here to teach us. What do you feel about that? Yeah, I feel that too. I feel she was an old soul, and she taught me more than I feel I could ever have taught her. We mm-hmm. have the most wonderful friends and family. My friend Marion, I'll always be grateful to her because she actually, um, we live in a small town. Who is that? Marion Kiefer. She's a friend of mine. Yeah, who is she? And we live in a, she is Autumn's girlfriend's mom and one of my best friends. We live okay. in a small town, and what the, what the funeral home does is they call the beauty shop and have the local beauticians come and do people's hair. And she actually went and did Autumn's hair for her funeral for me. And mm-hmm. I asked her to do something that she would have normally would not have done. Autumn's hair was right. down her butt. I told right. her that I want swatches of hair. I wanted her to braid many, many braids for how many people I wanted. I don't care if she's completely bald and back. And she mm-hmm. cut her hair and gave, gave me all these braids and pieces of hair that I handed out to everyone that wanted mm-hmm. a piece of my daughter. Yeah. She was yep. washing people, her hair. People she think we're weird. Her, no, they think we're weird. Her. Yep. She told her, I'm sorry, your mom's made me do this, you know. Yeah. She was, uh, yep. I'll always be so thankful for her. Yeah. I just have the most wonderful, wonderful, wonderful friends. 
Aww. You're you're fortunate because you know I'm gonna be honest. You gotta you have other people out there that I'm not saying their friends are not wonderful people, but there's a lot of people that do not support grieving parents. Right. And some family no. either because you know um, we discussed that also. Um, not that they they're not caring. They just don't know. They really don't. You know you can't when you've lost a child you can't make assumptions. You know right. it's like I cannot you. Like Melissa said, I can only imagine, and it was her. She's lost three cousins. Okay, you you can only imagine from my parents because we were there from conception until death, and like I said before, the first and the, and the last breath. Nobody, and this is where our grieving process is very different from the norm. And um, you know, talk about some of your losses. I, I you know, you know about mine. I, I lost since the nineties until. Recently, I've, I've you know, I, even before I, I lost the grandparents and the uncles and aunts and friends, but since the 90s, I've lost both parents, a brother, a sister, a daughter, a son, a husband, a nephew, significant, uh, you know, Christmases and, and holidays and things that we all celebrated together. And it's like part and you had recently read my book. Um, I talk about the chapter Back to the Future, the the, the movie with God. I'm, here we go. God rest him. Michael J. Fox is still with us, Michael but he J. has Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah. He can, I relate to him because it's a brain disease like I have, multiple sclerosis. And mm-hmm. um, but there was a part in the movie where he was up on stage doing, I think Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry. Yeah. And I'm really into music, so I know my music. And and he was going back to where family was disappearing one by one. That's what oh, in my the pictures, right? Yeah. The family was disappearing in the pictures. That's in my book. I Most remember that part. Is. Yeah. Like, that's what I it's felt my life book. was like. It's a good read. I couldn't wait to Thank buy it and I downloaded it on my um tablet. Thank you. You know, actually, but you I, know, I I have to say something. I'm, I'm kind of surprised because some people think it's goofy and it's like, oh, she goes on and on and she goes on. The grandmother here and the grandmother. But no, I had to, that's my summary of my life and I had to get all the points across because I have other books coming out which is more detailed and about signs and, and, and more about the illnesses and what have you. I had to get it all out. It was my venting thing. So there's parts where it's like, oh, maybe it's boring. And then I did... Actually, the last chapter, the book was done, and then the uh, county grew up and said they wanted to put it into their historical, you know, author or whatever. In my case, hysterical uh, authors in their, in their, you know, whatever, in their um, uh, archives and uh, at their, you know, being born and raised in the town. And I sometimes I know I go on and on and on. It's like Diary of the Mouse or whatever. But there, there, there is always a method to my madness. Okay. It goes into where I was, I, I, I sick as a child, what I, how, how I grew up, to how my grandparents met, to the town I grew up in, which was the last chapter. That book was finished, but when they said they wanted it for that, I said, oh, my God, I didn't write anything. And Melissa knows it because she was editing it at the time. And I'm like, I, I didn't really write anything about Croton. And I, I put in, and, and some of the people that have bought my book, it's like, oh, my God, that was awesome. That brought back great memories of growing up in Croton back in the 50s and 60s and what have you, what have you. It's one of my better chapters. You know, but it covers a lot. Rainbow, my book is Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hug. No, I'm not really making money on it. Sorry to disappoint everybody. I'm not a millionaire. It's the point I'm trying to get across. But when you go through book. it, we go Well... I'm going to tell you something. Uh, somebody I had just talked to recently from the UK, actually this week, contacted me, and she told me my book was brilliant. 
I'm like, what? And I can, most that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, the thing I wanted to play for you because I recorded our conversation. Because your book is brilliant. I said, what do you mean, brilliant? I liked it. I couldn't put it down as I was editing it. I literally, I couldn't stop reading it. And for me, that's how you know you've got an amazing book in your hand. Yeah. Your book and Renee's book, I could mm-hmm. not. It took me two days. It took me. I sat down and read. I read yours up to the 18th chapter, and then the mm-hmm. next day I read the rest. Mm-hmm. And Renee's right. book too. It was just very good. They're very good reads. Whether you've lost, well, you know, and a lot not, of people really good reading. People have read my book, and I, it's been a bestseller. And I've gotten like only three. Um, you know, I wish more people would go to Amazon because it will build it up to, for other people, not to just enjoy, to to get the message out. Please, if you, if you bought my book, I'm, I'm telling people it ain't gonna make me more, any more money, okay? Because it's not. A, I swear to God, I need money. I'm not gonna lie, but it's not about the money because any right, money from that right. book is right back to help other people. Yeah, that's, well, I'm not even looking. At, it's changing perspectives of people too to see your story and to see how you were there exactly. for your kids and how they survived and how you persisted when people said. Your kids are fine. Don't worry about it. And you were like, they're not yep. fine. Like you no, contributed they're not. to saving their lives because you realized what was wrong I, with them. So, exactly. And it like yeah. what, what Kathy's tonight about autumn. We are getting the word out. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a it's um it's not a God gift. How how do I put it, Kathy? It's a um it, it's a calling. Well, some yeah. people are called to the priesthood. Some people are called to be nuns. Some you know, there's Mother Teresa. We're not Mother Teresa, but in a way, we are. Um, uh, maybe a branch out of Mother Teresa. We are getting the word out like Mother Teresa did. And it's that's the way I look at the book. Now, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's our God-given yeah, right. And, and because, um, because this is such a rare thing and they, they blow it off, you know, the medical profession blows it off because it, there isn't that enough known about it or how what it's caused by. Mm-hmm. And my daughter did die from it. Right. I need to let other people know. I don't right. care about the doctors. I need to let your, you know, you know, your child has rheumatoid arthritis. Please get them checked. Please look out for these signs, you know, because my child went undiagnosed for up to possibly she had the aneurysm for a year and a half. And all I said was it's allergies. You know why she was coughing? You know why she had a funky cough? You know why she had a, um, her voice was hoarse? Because the dang mm-hmm. um, aneurysm was pressing on her trachea. Exactly. Like Meg, too. Meg, you know? I, I'm oh, gonna, my God. I was almost, before my daughter was diagnosed, um, and I was a, um, uh, you know what, when I grew up, I was one of six kids, and my mother actually wrote on my door one day, Peggy's pig pen, because I was just a free spirit, and I didn't care. I stood clothes <laughs> on the floor. I was lazy. <laughs> I was. I'm, 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 I'm owning up. To, I'm owning up my bad, Okay. But when I became, I got married, I was neurotic. I was OCD with the cleaning. My father-in-law, I can remember coming in, and, and even before I had my daughter, coming into my apartment, he goes, why are you, he goes, you, you've got too much wax built up on your tables. He goes, you're waxing wax. You could eat off my floor. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, I was neurotic. I went from one extreme to another, okay? I was neurotic. I was neurotic. You know, my, my life had changed and whatever. So, and then my daughter was born. Um, I was married November 4th, 72. Three weeks after I got married. And I was told, this is kind of a weird thing too. I, I had, uh, talk, and we're talking about health and issues. I had um, problems. I had intramediosis most of my life. 
I had issues with my, and I'm going to tell you, my husband and I were together a year and a half before we were married, and we did the do. I'm not going to lie, you know, after six months of being together and engaged and whatever, and um, not that I tried to get pregnant, I couldn't get pregnant. And then I discussed with, because of my my problem, my doctor said to me that he goes, I think you're going to have a problem getting pregnant. He goes, so when you and your husband, you know, once you get married and get ready, he goes, we'll do the basal method and we'll work with you and and hopefully eventually you'll get pregnant. Well, cha-ching, <laughs> we got to marry, we got, we, we got to marry, I'm not even Italian, we got married November 4th, 72. Uh, three days after our wedding, I, I had my, my period. Sorry, people, I'm getting graphic, but we can talk about this in the day and age. Um, after that, no period. And we weren't, you know, he he was just newly home from Vietnam a year before. Uh, Germany served time in Vietnam, which ended up, that's another story, which we're going to do a show about, because I'm still waiting after seven years for benefits uh, that's due him, because Agent Orange, he was exposed to another illness. He, he had a form of diabetes, diabetes that you got from it, which killed him. Okay, another one served his country and is not getting um, compensated for what happened to him. Okay, and uh, make a long story short, so he was newly home from the service, just started working a year before at the school, the local schools, Horton schools. I was working at my job. We got married. We weren't planning on having kids right away, and I was told I couldn't have them in three weeks after. I'm pregnant after the wedding. I didn't have to get married. We were wedding was planned in advance, you know. And I was in shock. You know, it's like, oh my God, we didn't plan for this, blah, 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 blah. And then of course September, which was almost ten months later, I had my first child and my daughter was born with cystic fibrosis. You know? So we went through a lot of things, you know, and um you know, I I'm I was blessed that I had her and, and that's oh, that's another thing I want to bring up. And, and then I'm gonna let Kathy talk again and Melissa talk again. Um I had her, I had my son Donnie before Meg was diagnosed, then told uh, it was genetic illness and found out when my daughter was diagnosed, my husband's cousin, Janine, who only lived with cystic fibrosis for a year, died. I knew there was a baby that died, his uncle's baby, but nobody ever said what it was. And when my daughter was diagnosed, uh, right before, actually, when I said to my husband, I'm getting my daughter tested, he goes, don't say that my, my cousin Janine died of that. I didn't, still at that point as a nurse, I didn't know it was genetic. There was no talk about that. You know, so anyhow, now my son is born and my daughter gets diagnosed. They were almost, they missed 18 months apart to the day. And now he had to be tested now that my, I got this death sentence, which was a death sentence for my daughter. Back then, the, the, the oldest they lived was 10. She was almost, she was three and they said five to 10. So that's what I'm getting told. Now I'm getting my other one tested, telling me that he could have it also and not to have any more kids because if you do, you could have more kids with it. That's how genetics work with uh, every child that in our instance, and this is something that I want to talk about. Um, back then, most of them were German Italians descent. I'm mostly a German girl, and my mother's American Indian and part English. My dad is purely, mostly purely German. Um, more than likely, he was the carrier. Uh, passed it on to me. And Melissa's dad. Uh, he may not like me for this, but one of her siblings got tested for genetics because that's what they do. They have the test now, and what says it. So my brother is also a carrier. Melissa's father. Um, I'm one of six kids. I'm sure that some of my other siblings were carriers too, and they kind of lucked out that their kids weren't born because they didn't marry one. I married a carrier. One in 20 white people of German-Italian descent, this is how it worked, 
carry the gene for cystic fibrosis. We all human beings, and this is a little my teaching thing, which I've done for years, since the 70s, since my daughter was diagnosed, one in 20 people in the white population carry the gene for cystic fibrosis, of usually of German-Italian descent. Um, I don't know what the odds are now. It's changed over the years because it's going into different populations, what have you. Uh, one in 20 people of the black population carry sickle cell. One in 20 Jewish carry Tay-Sachs disease. Both parents are symptom-free. Every human being, and this is what I'm going to stress tonight on the show, every human being on this earth carries at least three defective genes. Kathy, did you know that? Melissa, did you know that? No. No, I didn't know yes. that. Yes. Yep. Genes are viruses, and what I had gotten, you know, taught about when I was going through it, the part of the why it was either German or Italian, it protected you, and I talked about it kind of on other shows, protected you against certain, um, these viruses protect you against certain other disease like uh, dysentery or malaria or whatever, whatever, whether you were uh, middle, uh, mid-eastern, and I'm not good with this, uh, European descent or, or Asian or whatever. Asians usually did not carry the gene for cystic fibrosis, okay? Um, but I'm sure there's many now that have it, you know, because there's a lot of marriages yeah. mixing in there, you know, what have you. So this is one of the points I want to get across tonight. You don't have to be German and Italian anymore to, to have uh, the gene. And, and the people that have the genes, being that we all have three bad genes, every human being has, I think that w- when I had studied it, every one of us have these bad genes, you know, but they're no, they weren't bad at one point. They were there to protect you, okay? That's the way God or the world made it or life made it, you know? But then they go crazy, amok. They go crazy. And my husband and I, though, we carried the CF gene, didn't know it. There was no test for the gene back then. The only way you knew you were a carrier is by having a child with it. And it's like, oh, boy, you're a carrier. I didn't know. I went to nursing school. I went to Vassar. You know, I went to Vassar, not college, but Vassar nursing. Okay? When I was 16 years old, believe it or not. Uncle, that's when I was living with Uncle Bob Melissa. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, doctors, most doctors didn't know about genetics. You, like, um, kind of like health and nu- nutrition, they get taught because, you know, everything's about the almighty buck, which we, maybe we can talk about. We've got 42 minutes left. Um, pharmaceutical companies, companies make the money, and they like to make the money. I actually, at one point in my life, worked for a company. I won't name their name because I don't want to get sued. I were I was the assistant to the uh, assistant to the VP of Health and Human Nutrition. You know, you have Bayer, you have Pfizer, you have Merck. I worked for one of them. I'm not going to say which one because I could be sued to this day because I had to sign a waiver. Anything that went on went on in the office. You didn't talk about. All right, they make big bucks on illnesses. You know. I'm probably going to get yeah. sued anyhow, but you know what? You can't get blood from water, you know? <laughs> but it's true. They make big bucks on this, you know? And, um, you know, and the, these illnesses come about, and, and there are there was a show I used to listen to back in the day, back probably in the 90s. Um, oh, gosh, Gary Knoll, I think it was a show. There's cures for most of these illnesses, but you know what? Cancer, AIDS, cystic fibrosis, maybe even what your yeah. daughter had. Okay, but it's, you know what, to cure them, you know, how come Magic Johnson got cured of AIDS and nobody else yep. does? If you got the money, baby, you get money, it. Money, money. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And not only having my own home care business, I worked in that field uh, for 
for almost a year. I worked for this company uh, right prior to my daughter dying. Um, I couldn't do the on-hand nursing anymore because of the MS, but I, I, I actually I was working for a company I worked for on the side for years, um, and I was putting resumes out because I needed money, and and someone worked in health and human nutri- or actually in human resources saw my name come up. She knew me. We we actually did Girl Scouts together for our kids. She goes, and I was right in the area. She goes, I just got your resume. She goes, can you come here? I said, when? She goes, like now. I looked at my boss. I said, I got, I have to take an early lunch. No problem, because I was just subbing there or whatever. I got hired right on the spot. I'm not a dumb woman. I'm not stupid. But I learned a lot in that less than a year working for a pharmaceutical company, for the, the head honcho. Okay, We had people coming in from Germany. and I, Well, if I, I can't really tell the, 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 because everybody will know which company I work for, and I'll get in trouble. I still do this day, I get in trouble. You know, I may have people on my putting a, a fish up my door or something. <laughs> it's kind of like the mafia. I don't want to finish on my door today, but I had to actually on a waiver to this day to my to my grave that you have to take. That's how they are because it's about the almighty buck. And yep. Kathy, you Stay and I discussed way. this. You know what? We're, we discussed this last night. I mean, we, everybody's talking. Now we're going to go to Obamacare. I'm not going to get into it. I don't want to talk about it. But uh, 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 medicine is about the bucks. Yep. You are making people a lot of money. If they cure these illnesses, what do, what do doctors do? What do nurses do? What do um, uh, what do they do? What do pharmaceutical companies do? You're going to be a lot of people out of work. You know what I mean? And, Kathy, yeah. you and I discussed this because about two weeks before my son died, you know, I know, I stayed with him day and night, but because of the MS, I, I was on the verge of pneumonia. I was run down and whatever, and I had to come home. They made me come home. I might have gone to the reasons why, but I was getting sick, and I had to come home, and I had to change my clothes, and I was going back, and blah, blah. The doctor called me. I got home, and she says to me, Mrs. Anisi, two weeks before he died, he's dying. I'm like, shut up. I basically told her, shut up. I said, you know what? We need positive energy because I'm very spiritual, too. You know what it was about? She goes, well, if he continues and he gets any better, we're going to have to put him in a nursing facility. Oh, really? You think so? You really think so? Sometimes they let, whether it be elderly or our children, die. Kathy, yeah. you and I discussed last night. Because, yeah. you know what, they exhaust the uh, medical insurance. And I, I'm going to tell you something. And, Melissa, if you remember back then, people were doing fundraisers. My husband died prior to We had great medical insurance. Mm-hmm. I had, because my son needed a triple uh, transplant. He needed a liver and both lungs. Um, I needed everything. I needed, he was on Medicare at that point. He was on Aetna, which I was paying out of pocket, which was causing, costing me, when my husband died, $4,389 every three months, just not co-payments, just for the premium, okay? Every three months, okay, quarterly. Do you want to okay? know how much it costs for Autumn in the hospital for that 10 days? $235,000. Oh, my God. For, yep. Oh, you know what? My That's children's insane. illnesses, and not trying to one-up anybody or go over anybody, my children's illnesses the past few years of their life were costing in excess of $2 million. Yeah. Not that we were paying the medical things, but the bills I was getting, and, you know, they work out their deals or whatever, yeah. their meds, yeah. everything was costing over $2 million per year. Yeah. So they were a liability. And two yeah. weeks before my, my son died, I got this call. 
he was a liability. So now, you know, I sometimes wonder at that point, could they have saved him longer to get those transplants? No, he exhausted all this money, so let's let him go. Well, that's you and I just, that changes uh, that, because that doesn't sound the, right. Yeah. At the time, well, the you know, it don't sound right. It's not it's by here. moral standards, human standards. Right. No, it's not right. Right, no, morally, by, ethically, by, and everything else, it's not you. right at all. And, like, there should yeah. be no excuse for that. Nope. In the time Thank you, but you know what? Yeah. Kathy, tell your story about that. Okay. In the time that Autumn was sick, my husband had worked for um, Foodland Warehouse, which was um, the Kroger store's warehouse, for 18 years. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, uh-huh. they just decided to let 350 guys go and move to Delaware, Ohio. Okay? So that right. meant no Blue Cross, no job, no nothing. I had to uh-huh. fight to get her. I had to fight and talk to many, many, many caseworkers to get my daughter on um, the state insurance, which Medicaid, Medicaid. Like Medicaid. Yeah. 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 So I'm thinking, yeah, she was a poor little white girl that they let slip through the system. Yeah. We're not, we're, wait, 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 wait. We got to. Show. We're censored, but it's not about, we're not being prejudiced here. No, okay. no, 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 we, I'm just saying she was No, no, I just, you know, I just want to, right. because people are going to get, like, maybe offended by saying that, you know, and okay. and, and there's no, well, you know, my you know what died. I'm saying? It, yeah. It's a stereotype people, that's what they look at, and we're okay. not talking white as a color, we're talking about right. the stereotyping of people, and, you know, that dollars, they're going to get priority you know. over somebody who's taking state funds, she is poor, you know what I mean, you know, right, right. she exactly. had, yeah, she was just a poor well, little girl. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what happened to me. And I had, I'm going to tell you something. When my husband died and his working 38 years at this job for the school system, and you've also worked for the school, so you know that's one of our bonds. When he died, his insurance died with him. And this kid needed transplants. I needed everything from Medicare to Medicaid, whatever. And you know people have the audacity to get on my Facebook. Well, why didn't you look into Medicaid and what do you think I'm? What do you think I didn't look into it? There's criterias to be met. I was poor, but sometimes you fall through the loopholes. You know that I'm going to tell yeah. you something right now. That pissed me yeah. off when people make comments yeah. about, well, why do you got to worry? Why do you need fundraisers for insurance and whatever? You, you know what? I'm, I'm people are kind of pathetic sometimes. You know, I, I'm not a I'm not a dumb person. You know, and I'm already going through enough, and you're telling me things. First of all, I took care of people, and, and I was not a certified with a master's degree social worker, but I did social work with the patients I worked with. I did spend downs for Medicaid for these elderly. I know the system, okay, and I know how the system works. And the system, they are trained, most of the county workers and the, the, the state workers are trained to get you so pissed off that you say, forget it, I'm not even going to bother. But I knew better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I yeah. had people saying to me on Facebook well, that I was already going through nothing, wanting my kid to get his transplant. Well, why don't you why don't you try Medicaid? Shut up! Get out of get you know shut the front door. You know what I'm talking about? Shut the front door. You know I, I could say no I'm choice, saying it late. You know yeah. shut the you know what up because you yeah. have no idea what how I'm really going through. You don't know how people yeah. would get me 
ticked off. I'm already watching, taking 24-7 care of this kid, and his father dies. My Every situation is different, and the insurance dies with him. And I can continue it if I can get $4,389 up. And thank God for people, and I'm going to give a plug tonight for Alexis Augustus, Father Bose owns the grandstand, and Jackie LeBeau that owned the harbor, they went out and raised the funds and got jars on counties and whatever and raised that insurance money so my son could at least have a shot to get his transplant. And they came, when the deadline came, it was there. But then I had other people yeah. like, but in, that, that, that don't know nothing, that don't have a care in the world, telling me, why don't you try for Medicaid? What do you think, I'm stupid? Of course I, you know what, sorry. <laughs> you know, uh, we had to not only go through the illness, go through the bull crap of listening to other people's crap while they were dying that had no idea that we were we're not stupid and we're not crazy we we went through all the processes too and we had to deal with that crap on top of watching our kids die leave us alone you know unless we are classified under a 75 iq and and confirmed to be mentally retarded don't say stupid stuff to us okay we're not stupid and you know yeah, what? Uh, I'm not trying to bash anybody, but you know what? That's another subject that really pissed me off. Okay, and I I sound angry. No, I'm boisterous. I try to get a point across. Let us be. Let us be. We're not retarded. Okay, and I don't put anybody down as retarded. Okay, but we are not retarded. We you don't know what the system does to people that fall between the cracks. Some people, and I'm not saying whether you're white, black, Mexican, whatever you are. Okay, Jewish, whatever. Some people know how to work the system. There are people out there that are dealing shit. Oh, sorry. Well, you know, I said it. Okay, I said shit. Okay. Dealing. Dealing drugs and whatever, and they know how to work the system. And they get everything. It doesn't matter if you're white or black or purple or green, yellow, whatever. They know how to work it. They know how to work it. And you got people like us that are just trying to fight for our kids' lives and, and get, in my case, my children's transplants or whatever. My daughter could not get legally married because of the system. Her and, and her children's father, uh, grand, his grandparents owned uh, acres of a place called the Flats upstate. They married themselves in front of God. Okay, they married themselves because the system wouldn't let them get married because this poor guy would not have been able to keep his job to get the medical benefits to pay for her illness. It prevents right. you. And you're not, we're not trying to do anything illegal. It's the system sucks. It sucks. And Obamacare, I ain't, I ain't saying nothing because I don't need the president to have somebody shoot me. I ain't GFK's lover. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I but, say it like it is. You know, I don't. Like I said, I don't want. Fish's head on my door, and I don't need the CIA here saying, shut up, Peggy Sue, you know. I but I'm going to say it like. I say is that some medical, some medical companies are not doing their job the right way, honestly. Not some. All. When you think, okay, most Melissa, are not doing their all. job the right way. And it's sad that we have to hear it from, you know, from somebody passing away because maybe they had a fighting chance. Maybe they weren't given it's that not, chance. And and the the, the 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 like the term you said some all and you know what you can't blame the little guy you can't blame right. you you're bl- it's a system it's it's the people that control them and I I, just I'm going to make one change more... it somehow 
Well, I wish we could too. Yeah. And maybe some point, maybe my show will get more people involved. But you know what? It's part of life, unfortunately. But yeah. at least we're going to make people aware of it. I'm just asking people, don't say stupid stuff when we're already going through hell. Because if you think we're so retarded that we can't, and like I said, I'm not putting retarded people down because people are what they are, and they can't help that. And and, and God love them. You know, they're all people too. But we're not stupid. We're not. We're, we have the faculties to understand what what needs to be done don't you think we've tried that don't you think some people i'm going through um something right now with one of my other children needs surgery right now he can't work okay and he needs surgery in order to get back to his livelihood okay he went to get help his um they're not legally married but his i call spouse they've been together almost 13 years his by law common law if you want to call it whatever nobody gets seems like a married these days but whatever um made five dollars over the limit for him to get help <laughs> to, to, in order to get surgery to be a productive citizen again okay which puts strains on mom because mom's like trying to like i've already lost two kids okay now i have another kid that needs surgery and can't get help through something that since my family that's always worked and put money into the system can't get money out. We're not asking for a handout. He's asking to get medical help because he's no longer able to work, and they're putting him through hell in order to become productive in his line of work to get a surgery because he needs both his arms. My son has been working, and I'm, I'm not going to – which one or whatever. One of my kids have been wor- has been working with one arm because uh, he fell a year ago and broke his rotator cuff at home, okay? Um, in his line of work, he's working with one arm, and he finally – he broke. He goes, I can't do it no more, and I'm sick, and I need help, and now he's got anxiety issues and, and whatever. It's like, what the hell is wrong with the system? Yeah, like he must you know, have been exhausted. I can't even imagine that. Be honest, Melissa, because you know what, yeah. Melissa, yeah. you know it's your cousin. You know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. And you know what I've been through with him. And um, um, I don't have, I'm waiting on some financial, like people, I had somebody confront me about a year ago. It's like, and he was a, a total jerk. And I, at the point is when I'm still driving my ex, my, my late husband's 95 Riv. And I go to a deli in this Jerk, and if I mention his name, I'm not going to do it. But most people in Croton know this guy's a jerk. Comes up to me, hi, how you doing? Always, I'm sorry about Don dying. He goes, I heard you got a quarter million dollars. I said, I'm looking at him basically, and I'm going to say it like I'm going to say it. You asshole! If I had a quarter of a million dollars from his life insurance, would I be driving a '95 Riviera with paint coming off my car? Are you stupid? Yeah, I'm driving a better car now because I'm going to be honest. Because FEMA, after months, kicked through and gave me a down payment for the car I'm in now because I needed what I needed. And I have six years of payments that I really can't afford because I need a car to transport me, okay? It has nothing. I, there was no life insurance for my husband. It, it, that life insurance um, uh, died when he left his job. He didn't even know it. My son, because he was born sick, could never get life insurance. I am still paying two funerals out of pocket. Over It was over $16,000 from nine months where my husband died and my son died. Out of pocket. I am not rich, and yes, my book is not making money, and if I showed you what I've made quarterly, it's pathetic. I am in debt with my book because I had to get loans, because people, when you ask me for a book, I don't get them for free. I have to buy my own books for my book signings. 
Okay, I've given some away to very important people to my life or people that need it, but I've paid for those books. I don't pay the full amount. I you have to make something one of your book signings, and though I'm a bestseller, I'm making a dollar a copy. And to be a bestseller, according to them, for the amount I've made, I sold a couple hundred books maybe. I don't know what's wrong with the program here. So I'm going to rest my case. Kathy, you kick in. Talk more. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, yeah, we had a, we had wonderful people throw a fundraiser for us that we never even knew, and now we're friends with them. Actually, uh, my friend Terry May, she works at the local party store, and her boss, um, Kirk Norman, he owned a, um, one of the bar restaurants. All these different people, mm-hmm. Wanda, Wanda um, Coleman, Land? they went and they put okay. jars around, you know, for money. And the local motorcycle uh, club, the Barons, came and they gave us a check, and I just burst into tears. Wonderful people. Did you have life insurance? You know, that you don't even know. What? Did you have life insurance for your um for for your daughter? No, I did not. Who who's who's going to have life insurance for their child? Who thinks about it? I know. It? You know a lot of that the extra money. But you know what? You know the Gerber that they advertise, and most of that stuff is all yeah, their whole yeah. life. It, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not real life insurance. You know. It, you I know. To, no. it, it. You know. No, we had no life insurance. I, I love the assumptions people make. Of that. That's the point I'm yeah. trying to get across. People yeah. think I got this quarter million dollar policy. First of all, my husband's policy, I think, when he worked for the school, was only twenty five thousand. And when he retired, um, we did not have we we did in the beginning when we first got married because his father, bro, you got to keep your life insurance. It was like our food money, and I said, Don, we can't do this anymore. And we were he was just out of the service, and I was working at a local Grand Union deli, and I said, we can't afford twenty dollars a month. Yeah. I mean, our rent was only one hundred forty back, then, and we had yeah. to drop it. If it was, and the only life insurance the, the school gave it. To when he was forced to retire early because of Agent Orange, which I'm fighting still because they owe me seven years of retro to pay off because we were legally married. I am seventy thousand dollars in debt, and I'm I'm not ashamed to admit it because people think, oh, seven? No, I'm not seven thousand. I'm seventy thousand. When my husband died, I lived off credit cards. I did not take child support while my son was dying. Okay, or when my son was with me, or whatever. Okay, my husband would come down and towards the end, and I said, can you throw him $10 a day for extra food or whatever? I did not ask for this, okay, but it was for him. I did not take anything. I did not take him to court. People think they know everything. They know crap, okay? And then when my husband died, I had to live off my credit cards. I have like 15 credit cards. I'm in major debt, guys. And then I got hit with Hurricane Sandy, and I'm not asking for donations. I, I'm probably, and you and I talked about this. I'll do it myself one way or the other. The U.S. Army, the government, owes us money. And I'm going to tell you something. I had a meeting the other day after I have even – though my husband and I were not living together uh, the past so many years, I was helping him to try to settle this case. He was diagnosed with age and orange diabetes. It's been in, in process for seven years. He has now, as of April 22nd, been dead for. On the, the, the week of his death, I filed, refiled as a claimant for my son and I because I had to pay for the funerals. And, I had to, and because we, were, we never divorced, we never did anything illegal. We just did what we had to do for what our reasons. It's nobody's business. Okay. But I filed then for everything. And... It is now another four years, and I'm still going through hell. You know what? In one month, if this thing is not settled, I am taking it to shame on you. You're going to see me on TV news because I'm not going to represent me because I need the money. I'm going to represent all the other people that are going through it because this crap is going to stop. 
you know, they they think just like um, when I worked for, you know, took care of the elderly and I did the, the Medicaid spend downs and whatever for them, I learned what the system was like, okay? And they are trained, the county and state workers, and I'm going to say something. I'm probably, I'm probably there's going to be a horse's head in my, my, my <laughs> a horse's head in my bed tonight. <laughs> but they are trained to make you not want to do this. And I'm going to tell you something. If you have a sick child and you need help, don't quit. You're going to fight for that kid's rights and you're going to fight for the medical uh, things that you deserve. Yeah. Yet you're God-given American right to do this. Keep it up. And you know what? I'm, my show is, I, that's why I call myself, Harry, what do I call myself? Harry, Harry Stern, Harry, Harriet Stearns, uh, Harry, uh, Howard Stern has nothing on me. I'm going to say it like it is because God gave me a big mouth, you know? Call you Gets me in Stern. trouble sometimes. Now I'm going to represent. I'm going to represent because if I've got to take what I've gone through to help other people, that's what I'm going to do. And if you want to kill me, big schmeal. <laughs> Go for, try. Others have tried. It hasn't worked. Okay, we won't even go to that one, Melissa. You know, but uh, <laughs> a little private family joke. <laughs> but uh, oh I am going to represent. I'm, I'm going to make life better for people. And and Kathy, that's the reason you're on the show because yeah. you needed to tell your story and to make life yeah. better for other people that are going to see the same symptoms that you're just autumn had and that yeah. beautiful girl I, you know I, I uploaded i don't know if it, it'll probably come up after the show if you go back to my you know all my shows are archived uh, i have that beautiful 2014 new year picture of you and autumn on that screen but it didn't for mm-hmm. some reason it didn't come up so sometimes there was, i guess obviously there's still some technical difficulties you'll you'll see it so people will see this from all the archives you guys on that okay They'll know who okay. Kathy Silva is and who Autumn is, okay? You'll be on that picture because my shows are archived forever, okay? And, yeah. um, and as of this week, mm-hmm. and, and say the page again, please, for, for people that are it's, tuning in. We we only have one okay. other caller, which is thing, so. It's a Facebook page. You can either go through Facebook on top and just put in memory of Autumn Ilona Silva, or it's www. Facebook at Facebook dot com slash Autumn Ilona. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna take a couple minute break. Actually I'm gonna play um I'm gonna play a song from one of my um uh, uh guests, uh Dave Kane, whose son um passed Nicholas, who was into music and this is one of his songs because I need a little bit of a uh, a break if you know what I'm saying. Um, take a couple minutes with his song and listen to the words of it. And this was written before his death. It was almost like he had a premonition about it. So if you don't mind me doing that for a minute, let me get to that song. And uh, I'm sure Dave doesn't mind because he, he allowed me to do it. Let me just get to it. And um, another man who who famous, and he's written movies and plays and uh, was a stand-up comedian known as known for his comedy and his radio show, and I was very nervous when he came on. So I'm going to play this song now and take a little break. If you girls want to take a little break, I'll be, we'll be back in a few minutes, and we'll continue our conversation. And uh, if you want to call in people, call in and ask questions, okay? Okay, is that okay with you girls? Sounds good. Yeah. Let's hope. Okay, let me get to it because I know the part where it's ironic because his, his book is 41 Signs of Hope. And the music part of the trailer of the movie starts at 22, my son's number. 
and ends with 41. It kind of was weird. Okay, let me see. Let me get to 22. And this is a song by Nicholas Kane. Oh, well, actually, Nicholas, um, oh, my gosh. I forgot the last name because he went by a different last name. But I'm going to play Nicholas' song, so we'll have a uh, two-minute break, and we'll get back to the show. Okay, okay girls? Okay. 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 Turn on the radio, all I hear is static. When you're in that place, it's automatic. Oh, cause you seem lost. Cars keep flying down the road I need to cross. I'm back. Yay. Kind of a nice song. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Hello. Actually, I didn't go do what I was going to do because the song was a little uh, less than I thought. Um, let's see. Well, let's see how much time we have left here, okay? Hold on one second. We have 15 more minutes. I'm going to play one more song, and then I will be back, okay, if that's okay with the girls, and we'll discuss a little more. And um, I don't see any other callers in tonight, but hopefully they'll go to our archives. And if you want to call in and ask questions, at um, our number is 347-838-9201. Hit 1 if you want to talk to us. Um, or you can Skype our show worldwide. Or you can hit the uh, on my Facebook, you can hit the arrow. And um, it'll bring you right to the show so you can hear the show that way also, Okay. So I have one more song for you guys, okay? Okay. Okay, hold on one second. I actually I have a really good song here, but this kid kind of swears in it, so I don't know why I should play it. <laughs> but it's kind of like a really good song. Oh, what the hell, you know? Actually, you know what? I have this one song on here I want to play. And ironically, her name is Meg, Megan Dia. It's called Yellow Butterfly. It seems kind of appropriate. Oh, I just got okay? a picture of that on my phone. <laughs> Really? Wow. Okay, let's get yeah, I had a coupon. Oh, no, what's looking at? What? For that song? No, just a yellow butterfly that today popped up on my coupon oh, that I was looking at for maybe a craft store. Fine. Hold on. I'm going to play this song and I'll be right back, okay? Cap, okay. you're holding on, right? Okay, yes. Cap, okay, hold on. I'm here. I, Kathy's probably as well as I kept because I kept her up all night. So, okay, hold on, Cap. Hold on. Oh, no, okay. Here we go. Okay. 
Okay.
Utilities, I'm back. You there? Okay. Yep. Hello. That's I am. to our butter. That was by Megan Dia called Yellow Butterflies. And I think that is a copyrighted song, and this is a nonprofit show. I'm not making money. None of the calls are making money. And um, that's to our lost loved ones, our, our, our butterflies, our children, our spirit of the butterflies. So I felt that it was appropriate. And ironically, I found this song, and it said Meg, you know. So that's to my daughter Meg and to Mark, and this to Autumn, okay? Thank you. No, no, thank you. Thank you. I'll probably be sued and never have money now. But <laughs> I hope they understand. I just did what I had. I don't care. I, you know what? I've gotten to the point. You just, you get to a point. You, you, you just don't care what the human side thinks that is so important about making money. And uh, we, you know, I think the most important thing, if we have a roof overhead and food on our table and and we're warm, that's the most important thing in life. You know, and yeah. that's what my book out and I am trying to persuade not I think she's going to do it soon don't you think Kathy we're going to write that book you're going to write that book yeah yes I I'm pretty much starting to get ready to write it yeah I feel like your daughter wants you to write it definitely yeah she has got a story to tell so you just yeah, write that many, book many, many many pictures I just you know if you'd like to go to her site and like it and look at all of her pictures I also um, Peggy can I um, promote the Wings of Hope Yes, I was hoping you would do that. I was okay. going to ask you that next. Okay. Please, and, and have, a little bit yeah. of May and, and, and uh, Shirley, please. Yep. I belong to a few different sites. One of them is uh, Wings of Hope, and they have a nonprofit organization called Wings of Hope Living org. Shirley Tripp Johnson is president. Renee Hogan Blythe is vice president. It's uh, resources for parents and grandparents who lost a child. Um, they They sell things on there, you know, jewelry, shadow boxes, T-shirts, um, stickers for the back of your car to advertise, you know, your child and their memory. Um, retreats, you can get information on retreats. Um, we had our first annual uh, grieving parent retreat um, in the Smoky Mountains. We're having our next one in Virginia. And actually, I'm going to be there. I don't care what it takes. I'm hoping to meet Peggy. <laughs> Because I can't wait to go, and they're affordable, and um, you know we're hoping eventually that we can get donations from companies so that we can sponsor at least one or two parents that can't afford to go, um, and just all kinds of yep. different things. Just go on, go on and there. It's it's Nobody's making money. The the trips yeah. are reasonable, and um, yeah. Virginia Beach. I, I'm actually looking forward to it because it's the um, May. May is one of my bad months. I lost my daughter, my sister-in-law, my sister, and my mother all in May, a week apart. And it's right in between all their times. And I have not had a vacation in many years. And this is kind of like a work. Um, uh, work pleasure trip, right? And yeah. um, I'm going to well, tell you tonight, no matter what, it, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, we have, we have, you know, we fellowship. We have candle lighting ceremonies. We tell stories about our children. We have two very talented people that do make candles, um, Sharon Johnson and, um, Goodness, my mind's going blank. Um, There's an artist now. I noticed the other night they put up an artist for the children's pictures. Yes. You know, that, yes. that actually draws our, um, uh, takes a photograph and, 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 and does our, the, the children's pictures and, and in art, and, okay. you know, as, as yes. an artist piece. Yes, and Sandy Reed, 
She mm-hmm. does wonderful, beautiful candles also. Um, and I met them at the retreat, and it was, you know, you think, are you crazy? You met these guys on the Internet, and you, you never met them, and you're going to spend a week with them? It was I know. Like well, Renee, Renee, because I, I said, oh, my God, I hope they're not all serial killers trying to lure me to, to Virginia Beach. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm no. kidding. I'm, no, I'm not. Because I said, I, I didn't say it in so many words to Renee, but she goes, look, we're all grieving parents. Just be there. We want you to talk. We want you to share your book right. and, and and what right. have you. And you know what? I decided today, and you and I just talked, talked about my situation. I'm going to find a way, and I'm going to, no matter what, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. We just, we just want to be there for each other. We want to remember our children and make a difference that they lived and they made a difference, and it will help us too because we all need each other. You know, yes, we do. We understand. We love our friends. Say we love our friends and family. Yeah. But we are going to be among what almost close to fifty people at a ten-bedroom house, looking overlooking the ocean with a pool and jacuzzi, gorgeous home. Um, and just sharing our stories and bonding and hugging and loving each other, you know? Yeah. And our children. Yeah, it sounds like so a really I positive experience. You know, you guys are all there for each other, and it's it's yeah. heartwarming to hear that, you know? And you yeah. You, yeah. you go and you, make, you meet people that you've talked to on the Internet, and you can put a face, you know, to someone, and you can get a real hug, not a cyber hug, and you just mm-hmm. you make lifelong friends. Everyone that I've been friends with, I talk to all the like time. Like on the donkey or something? I'm kidding. No. <laughs> 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 joke here, Cass. We have to joke once in a while. Gotta have some humor. Yes, we yep, do. Yep. Well, you know, we discussed your daughter's illness tonight, and and hopefully we'll save some lives or get people because we have two minutes left for the show. It went by. It always flies. Yeah. And um, we discussed uh, Autumn's illness and Megan Mark's cystic fibrosis and the Agent Orange diabetes with my husband, and, and we're appealing to the vets too now, and and the government uh, to help the people. You know, to um, okay. we need help. We need help. Um, Melissa and I, uh, aside from my MS, I'm an asthmatic. Melissa is also an asthmatic, and we wanted to talk a little about the asthma and what we've been through with that, right, Melissa? And there's many children that suffer from asthma, and, um, you know, sometimes we just want to do what everybody else does, but we're not quite capable of that at times, you know. You know, a lot of people have turned to me, it's like, why can't you do this? You know, they look at me, and I look healthy, but I I say, you know, I had somebody uh, a couple weeks ago at ShopRite, and she was amazed that I was... I have a year, minute and a half now, guys. I'm going to sum up quick. Okay. She thought I was in my okay. 40s. I said that it was my son's 39th birthday, and I said I also had a daughter that passed will be 41. She goes, you look amazing. I said, well, you know what? You should see my X-rays, my MRIs. You know, your kid always should your book by his cover. You know, so we 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 try to be positive, and and we're mm-hmm. trying, we're still trying to be positive. You know, including the losses of our children and make them count by their memories. And it's not always a sob. It's a sob story, but it, it's not because we are making something out of their memories. And they were here yeah. as Earth Angels for a purpose. Okay? Well, guys, yeah. we're almost to the end of the show. I love you both. Okay. I love okay. you too. Thank you for having me. Love you guys. Oh, my gosh. You come back on the show. we got about 30 seconds left. Melissa, I love you. And Kathy, you I love you. And thank you. For Today and and yep, and Godspeed and peace. Okay, let's hope and pray right. that we helped others tonight. Okay, we I have uh, so. twenty seconds left. 
Yep, yep. And you want to sum it up? We got about uh, 15 seconds. Um, we've got the Wings of Hope. Um, we have the site. We have Grieving Moms Healing together. Ask to join that if you've lost a child. You'll meet many, and many friends. And reach out to us. Want to help? Yes. Okay, guys, we're signing off. Okay. Have a good night. Good night. Good night. God bless.